right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right, we're back. Episode three. Uh, I decided we're going to start dedicating each episode to an athlete that wore each number of the episode number. So episode three, we, we have to give a shout out to a man that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, little man. With, no, uh, no. <laughs> uh, little man that played with a lot of heart. Uh, you know, we've discussed him on the podcast and off. Alvin Cambridge. Uh, this is the Pokey Reese episode. Ooh, Pokey. And anything Reese, I'm always in. Sorry, Bubba Chuck. Got to sit to the side, especially until we buy Reeboks. I'm trying to get my bid into. I don't know if you know that, but we're going to figure it out. But yeah. Also, it, it is unofficially the Allen Iverson episode as well. Oh, so. for sure. You got to go Bubba Chuck. And before, before we get into what we're going to talk about, this episode. I also like the fact that you're dedicating each episode to a person. I didn't even realize that we didn't talk about this in pre-production because we don't have a pre-production. However, Bubba Chuck, pound for pound, greatest basketball player to ever touch an NBA, NCAA court in my eyes. Analytics will always distract you. Don't believe him. He played 41.8 minutes, I believe, per game for his career. So his analytics will not look as good as other people's, but do the eye test people. This man probably had a 42 inch vertical, six, seven reach, probably maybe five, 10, six foot when he has the questions on and he was giving people 30. And his MVP year was his third best season. Look up the stats. And he was giving people 30 with very little supporting cast. Everyone knew what the game plan was. Uh, let's not forget dropping 50 plus in the finals um mm. solo mm. dolo mm. i'm pretty sure i started in the finals that year and i was 11 like that's how bad that team was like i still in my heart because i'm biased <laughs> and i and i'm just unbelievable as a philadelphia sports fan because that's just how you got to be you got to live in in complete nonsense to get through life because it's so depressing i believe that if george lynch was healthy we would have won that series so is that, is that a – which bias is that, or is that a combo of the two? Oh, it's a combo of the two, for sure. Okay. It's a 100% combo of the two. And George Lynch was a great – I think if George Lynch could have held Kobe to 20 points a game instead of him averaging probably 29 points a game, because nobody was stopping Shaq, we would have we we held it. Because we almost won two of those five games that we didn't win. Like, we won the first game, the only team to beat the Lakers in the playoffs that year. And then we lost the next game – somewhat close then we got blown out the third game fourth game i believe was close and then the fifth game they smacked us so i think that that's th that's a three a possible three game swing right there and then you go on to you never know what's going to happen if you up three two yeah anything can happen there i do also appreciate looking at this 01 sixers team the oh fact that they had two good dudes from temple that's just some beautiful just yeah and take the local dude uh obviously we've discussed aaron mckee plenty but also shout out to pepe sanchez Pepe Sanchez, One yeah. One of the all-time legends. Dude, Pepe Sanchez. I remember Pepe Sanchez had so much hype behind him. Like, actually, I didn't remember. I, I, this was more of a, a hindsight thing as I got older. I didn't realize how big of a deal people thought Pepe Sanchez was going to be. And then I got older, and I was like, wait, people really believed in this guy? <laughs> like, I, I was like, what? <laughs> it's because we never, we never had was – he, was he technically international at Temple, or was he a domestic person with international roots? I don't even remember. 
Uh, according to Basketball Reference, he was Argentinian, um, but he said he went to Temple. Um, where would you set? Where do you think he was career points per game? If you Pepe had Sanchez? To, yeah. Pepe Sanchez. Pepe Sanchez. I'm going, I'm going a heavy 1.8. Ooh, that's tough. 0. 0.5. 1.4? <laughs> no, 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 no. 0. 0.5. Ooh, I was so <laughs> far off. And that's so sad because it was half a point. Like, that's how, that's how bummy you got to be that I gave you under two and I was way over. <laughs> and, and, you, and you just assumed that I had said 1.5 too. That's, yeah, that's like, the best part is you're like, it can't possibly just be 0. 0.5. It's got to be 1.5. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, no way, man. Even I can give you 0. 0.5. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I think that that, that 0-1 team, like, I could probably name, do they go 14 or 15 deep when that, or 12? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Looks like 19 total played for them. So I'm not just looking at the finals roster. I'm looking yeah. at the full year. I'm pretty sure that year I could name out of 19 people, I could name a strong 12 to 13. Probably more if, if, if this was like a day where I was more focused, I probably could give you probably 15 out of 19 because I remember I remember that team so freaking well. Like it's it's kind of gross because we it's were a, not that good, but we swept every award. Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh I know almost all of these names. It's because they were better just, after had, or before. Yeah, or before. It was literally, it was a team full of people who were has-beens or not yet was. It's so funny. There's so, so many guys on this team that were in their first, second, third year where all I ever think of them is as like a 38-year-old. Like Rajah Bell? Well, I was, yeah, he's one of them, but I was thinking Nazi Muhammad above all else. Shout out to Nazi. Uh, Theo Ratliff is another one that I only think of as an old man. Uh, that's because you can't have a name like Theo Ratliff and not be old. And Theo Ratliff was also a beast. I mean, he was no Matumbo. That's why we traded him for him. But he was a he was a beast. Like his numbers that year were good. I mean, he pl- he played a long time. Oh yeah, Theo good. Ratliff played until I think he was literally thirty eight years old. Yeah, th- it looks like thirty seven was the last year. Thirty seven. Paying homage uh, to Pepe Sanchez with his point two points per game that year. That's disgusting, yo. Like, that's – I mean, I get it. Get you, get your money, get your checks, people. But I do feel like – like, I was a really good athlete. And I'm – like, I'm never going to act like, oh, yeah, I would have been here. I would have been in the league if I was born 5'10", 5'11", maybe even 6 feet. But I do think that the pride in me would not allow myself to just be there. Like, I wouldn't – like, I like I don't – unless I'm going to do it in a way like Udonis Haslam. Like, if, if I'm the guy on the bench who's really leading and helping the coach and all that, cool. Or like Bill Russell's last year where he was, like, player coach. You could tell he didn't really – he wasn't Bill Russell no more, but he was still good enough to be black in the all-white NBA. <laughs> it was like, cool, I'll do this. But, like, I couldn't point to. Like, so, I, so he was, he was uh, ring chasing. I don't care. Like, even watching T-Mac on the Spurs hurt me. Yeah. Well, okay. And he also played 10 games. I don't care. That solved seven points or seven minutes a game. I apologize. No, I'm out. I'm out. Watching T-Mac, T-Mac never made it out the first. That's something that people don't realize. T-Mac never made it out the first round until he was bench riding on the Spurs to win the championship. Speaking of Tracy McGrady, you want to talk some what could have been? Ooh, ooh, this is going to hurt my heart. Yes. Yes, Ivan, you want to introduce the, the newest segment of something that we're probably going to 100% overdo? Oh, oh, well, like many things, we will most likely overdo it. And by that, I mean cook it right to perfection. 
Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit of some athletes, what could have been. Uh, now, this can be taken in a multitude of different directions. It could be injuries cut a career short. It could be uh, that they just didn't live up to their potential or we remember them to be very good and we look back and say trash. But uh, what we'll do is we're going to make a, a starting five of sorts, not by position, but just a list of five. A top five, so we'll do maybe one per episode. We'll see how it goes. Um, we're going with the NBA. Uh, so what, what, what we're going to do is kind of rattle some names off and uh, finally curate a list uh, that we're proud of. So, you know, this could be a four-hour episode to get five names, but we'll see how it goes. I'll All let you lead it I'm off. A, I'm a, ooh, I was going to say I have a 17 on my hat. You have a, a 13 on your hat. I got the highest number it's I think a, I should go. It's so funny. Like, we're it's literally – so, so a little respect. No, it's a thirteen. It's a thirteen. He's that old that like he can no longer wear twelve. He's he's at least a teenager. I'm gonna go. All right, this is gonna hurt my heart, and I'm also gonna blame Bill Simmons for this pick as well, because he convinced me for sure. This man has made, if I'm not mistaken, in his career over two hundred million dollars or close to it. This is one of the first college phenoms of the modern basketball era. He is quite possibly the most naturally gifted power forward in our lifetime. He's also a man who's been known to be petty LaBelle at times. I got to go with number four, Chris Webber. And my reasoning I mean, I can give you a lot of different reasons why. I'll give you my top top three off the top of my head. One, I think that North Carolina game where he caught, he traveled and then called timeout when he didn't have any, really ruined the way he played in crunch time after that. Like he left Michigan, went to the NBA, and if you can find three times where Chris Webber did something in clutch time at the end of a game that meant scoring the basketball or holding the basketball or dribbling the basketball, I'll give you $50. That's one. Two, he never owned up to why he wasn't the man. Like it, and it always was somebody else. Like when he was in college with that, with that whole issue that happened with, with the booster, he blamed that dude and Jalen Rose and everybody was like, what are you doing, dude? Like that guy helped us out. Like he didn't give us more money than we needed. He bought us sneakers. Like he did like, and now you're, you're dragging his name through the mud. And then now he doesn't talk to the Fab Five. I think him going to the NBA, he played on a way more teams than you probably realize. And on almost all of those teams, he was probably the most gifted person on those teams. And those teams never even made it to the finals. He only made it to the Western Conference Finals, I believe, once in his life. Never made it to the Eastern Conference Finals when he finally came to the East. And then the third reason is that knee injury ruined a lot of his game. Even though he changed it and still was getting you like 15 and, and like 10 or like 17 and 10, he was no longer the guy who's going to run up and down the court. He, for some reason, felt like his passing wasn't what it was supposed to be, I guess, because he didn't have that first step anymore. He didn't have the hops. So it was all Jordan with the Wizards type of game for him. So I'm going Chris Webber in. Do you agree or disagree? It's an interesting one because I, I feel like I missed part of his peak, so I didn't get to see the fall off as dramatically. Um, 
you know, looking at the numbers, it's hard to say he didn't completely live up. The, the one thing I am surprised by, uh, given the memory of Weber and even looking at the numbers where, you know, he's a almost 21 and 10 for his career, um, five, only five all-stars. You would think even in a big man dominated West, he would have found himself there uh, more often than not. Um, but I, I think that's a fair one. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk. Um, I think okay. there's some some more guarantees that both of us will have. Um, but I, well, I think it's interesting. Right. I'm, I'm going to give you a point to throw it at the rims. It's not a slam dunk. Maybe it's an alley-oop layup. With those types of numbers, right, why don't anybody ever talk about Chris Webber as Wayne, one of the greatest big men to ever play the game? It's an interesting one. Um, That's crazy. Like, he's one of the few people who can And it's not like that Kings team was a bust, like you said. They no, Everyone thought they were going to be the ones uh, other than the Lakers. So I rooted for that team growing up with the Sixers. Doug Christie, Bobby Jackson, Mike Bibby. I mean, even though I'm a Jason Williams fan more. Like, that team, Peja Stojakovic, Hidu Turkoglu, Vladi Divox. That team, Pollard, that team was stacked. It may not have all NBA players, but they had all – they had they had the most – I think that team is, like, all-time almost all-stars. When you call about the people on that team, like, the all-time almost all-stars, they probably have five people on that team who are almost all-stars but never actually really made an all-star game. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a name that we can definitely revisit because I believe – Okay. Did he – He's not in the Hall of Fame yet, no. I'm trying to think. Was he on our list, our top 50? He is on our list for the top 50, yes. Okay, I thought so. So that, that's one 50, thing to consider. But he was, I think he was bottom top 50. Like, I think with the Yeah, no, I think he was had. probably, and in hindsight, this person should probably be over him if he wasn't already kind of in that Dwight Howard lane. Except I think Dwight's ahead of him, mm-hmm. which is what made me think that maybe Weber didn't make it because I know Howard was kind of on the bottom half of our 50 as well. Yeah, because he never developed any offensive game whatsoever besides jumping at the rim. He could never dribble. He can't make free throws, and he never was a good teammate. Like, that's just one of those things. He was he was an athletic marvel and a freak, and he could never put it all together. I Remember, I said this to you when we made our top our new top 50, where I was like, there's two superstar future Hall of Fame players for very different reasons to me who have the most frustrating offensive games I've ever seen in my life. And it was Dwight Howard and Rajai Rondo. Oh man. If Rondo had that mid ranger down, it was game over for the league. He would, he would have been probably better than Jason Kidd. Yeah. Like, and I really mean that because Rondo was a walking triple double and he never could shoot until he got, I mean, I remember watching multiple games where Rondo ended up with a triple double and points was the last thing he did. Yeah, it was like Rondo has eight points, two minutes left. And it was like, all right, Rondo, you got to get a little up or something, bro. Yeah, I went to a game, and he – the last thing he got was points to get him to 10 points, which put him at a stat line of 10 points, maybe like 11 rebounds, and 24 assists. No. Right. That night, I thought Scott Skiles' record was in severe jeopardy. But I digress. I'm going to go uh, with another name. Uh, let's see. Which one do I want to go for? I'm going to go with one that I think is a slam dunk. Um, it was very much right around the era that 
I was fully cognizant of the entire league as a whole and wasn't just watching Ricky Davis highlights. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Brandon Roy. Now, this is just flat-out injuries um, being the biggest detriment on his end. Uh, he was by far one of the best players in the league at the time. Okay. And he was the type of guy that could play in crunch time mm-hmm. uh, and showed that. But I'm trying to remember, like, how many years did he even play? Seven, I believe. So he played – I think seven years, but four of them when he was healthy. Yeah, he had four healthy years, six total. Oh, six? Damn. So, so seven, seven total years, but he didn't play because okay. he was retired one of those years. Yeah, yeah. But for all intents and purposes, four years, one of which he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. And, and he won rookie of the year that year, too, I believe. Uh, he, Yep, he was rookie of the year. So in those four years – three-time all-star, two-time all-NBA, rookie of the year. And And he gave Kobe 30 a couple times. And he was not a dude that anyone wanted to play. Like, I feel like his numbers don't do it justice, which is interesting to me. Uh, I think he also had Aldridge on that team, too, who was an all-star. So, like, I think that he shared. Aldridge, Aldridge, I believe, came in the year after him. Oh, no, I, I apologize. I think he came in. Uh no, he came in the same year as Aldridge. Yeah. 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 So like they shared the ball a lot. I think that's why his numbers aren't like astronomical, even though his numbers are crazy. Like his numbers are he doesn't have Gilbert Arenas numbers only because he had Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge was yeah, about 18 a game. For, yeah, that's for, <laughs> for the the last three of those years. Mm-hmm. Uh with Brandon Roy, he was about 18 a game. And even then, he's still putting up more than that. You know, he was still at 19, 22, 21 and a half. Mm-hmm. And but he also, he also could pass the ball. He had some good assist numbers, if I'm not mistaken, too, for, for a shooting guard. Yeah, he was about anywhere from four to six mm-hmm. throughout those four years, which is for a guy that's going to be your leading scorer, you take that. Um, but again, he was a guy that didn't shy away from the big moment. He was playing 37 minutes a game. So he was a workhorse. Um, he was a guy that got a lot put on his plate and seemed to be one of the futures of the league. So I'm going Brandon Roy uh, as one of mine. What do you think about that? I love that pick. I love it more because of what he did after he had to retire. He saved somebody. He saved some a kid's life who he was coaching from getting shot, and he got shot. He jumped in front of him and pulled him away, got shot because of it. He He's become a coach in the inner city, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't think I don't think I've ever heard him complain about the fact that his career was pretty much snatched from him. And and I think Brandon Roy is one of those players that like I don't even know if I remember, if I even know what Brandon Roy's voice sounds like, but I do remember his game. Like he was one yeah. of those dudes who I believe that he would have been I think he would have been in the same kind of realm as just statistically speaking, maybe not the same career as like a Clyde Drexler. Like, because he had completely different games. But you would look up and Clyde got 25. You'd be like, when did Clyde get 25 points? Like, when did that happen? You know, and they were very underrated defenders. Brandon Roy mm-hmm. would defend. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying he was he was the greatest defender in the world, but he's going he's gonna to check ball, which we're going to do what he's going to do. He's tough, played 37 minutes. If I'm not mistaken, too, like, because he was a tweener, he also could get you some rebounds when needed. But he, he was tough, too. I remember Brandon Roy getting laid out a couple of times and getting right up. Like, what up? 
Like, what are we doing? And and it's sad to see what happened to him. So I'm I'm going to accept that that entry <clears throat> into this list, Brandon Roy. Unanimous okay. entry into the what if list. Okay, who you got? Who you got up next? I'm curious oh, to see man. where you got next because oh, Weber oh. surprised me a little bit. So I'm curious to see where you go. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm pulling them out today. My next one, and I don't even got to explain it. As soon as I say the first name, you're going to be like, he's in. Lynn Bias. Yep, he he was on my list as well. Um, it, I, I knew that one would be on there. Um, I, I almost didn't even write it down just because I knew I wasn't going to need to remember it. But Mm-mm. No, I, will, I, will, I, I can explain it, but you as a Celtics fan, do you want to explain to the people who Lynn Bias was and what he was supposed to be? Len Bias uh, was supposed to be the best player in basketball. He was supposed to be what Michael Jordan became. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to be the bridge from Larry Bird to multiple more championships for the Celtics. Uh, you know, he was a stud coming out of Maryland, um, and it all went. Number two overall pick. Um and he died the same night, didn't he? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he died. Yeah, well, two days after. Yeah, okay. so cocaine overdose um, died within two days uh, of being selected second overall in the NBA draft. Um, some of his highlights, uh, first team All-American in 86, mm. two-time ACC player of the year, which mm. has always been, I'd Bravo. argue, the number one powerhouse of basketball um and and first team all acc of course with that uh i mean he was a problem he was you know look at his final year over 32 games 37 minutes a game 23 7 Mm. you know was automatic from the line you know his last three years he's up around 55 percent field goal percentage (laughs) that's insane unreal I don't know if y'all realize how insane it is to be 55% from the field when you are shooting the most times on your team. Yeah, it it, it only happens to the best of the best. Um, and he was rated, and, and people may not believe me, go back and do your Googles. There was almost nobody who didn't believe he was better than Jordan coming into the NBA. Like coming into not what Jordan became, not when, when he got drafted and when Jordan started transitioning to our wing score titles, coming into the NBA when Jordan came in in 1983 and when Lynn Bias got drafted in what, 86, 87? 86. 86. There you go back and look. There is no expert who said Michael jo- Lynn Bias should hope to be is what Michael Jordan is coming into the NBA. Everybody believed Lim Bias was going to be that guy. Like it was, it was like one of the, it was like Peyton Manning in the draft. It was like you can't miss. Like if you skip Lim Bias, you are tripping. Yeah, and I mean just the sheer size of what he could have been six eight two ten, and that's as a twenty three year old, twenty two year old. He would have been the first LeBron because he was getting seven assists, twenty three points, playing at Maryland, right? Yep, Maryland. Playing at Maryland, and he was the kind of dude too who, like, he played hard. Like it was like he he didn't get twenty three and seven because he was this elite three point shooter. He was he was out there jumping, running, diving. He could shoot too, but that what his game was straight up like I'm more skilled than you, but better than that I'm a greater athlete than you. And let's be honest, I'm gonna play longer than you because my 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 gas tank is that much better. 
And if you would in 86, wasn't didn't Larry Bird win MVP in 84, 85, and 86? Back I mean, 85, 86, that Celtics team is the, the is, team the, is the team that gets argued to be the greatest team of all time. But Larry Bird also won three straight MVPs in during that run. Correct. He was coming into that. Like the like that's and I'm a Sixers fan, so it hurts my heart to give this much praise to the Boston franchise, who's probably the, the fifth best franchise in NBA history. It's crazy what he would have like that's that's insane. Like that's like I don't like I don't think people understand how almost unfair that really would have been. Like that really would have been unfair. It would have been like, yo, because the draft rules back then were so janky where it didn't matter what really what, like what your record was when you were balling out. It was all based on something completely different. And it was like, how in the hell is Boston going to add Lynn Bias to this? Like this is not – Yeah, I mean they would have won three or four more championships. Most of well, <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just thinking Larry was still getting old. But like you look at – let's see. You look at what Larry did in the finals – Against the Rockets that year, twenty-four, nine and uh, almost ten rebounds, nine point seven rebounds, nine point five assists, two point seven steals. Again, shooting almost fifty percent and thirty-seven from three, and playing forty-five minutes a game. That's gross. That's gross. It's not fair. And he I mean, played in Converse. I weapons. don't know how I, – I really need to dig into it. I don't know how they ended up with the second pick. That's what I'm curious about. I'm pretty sure the way that they used to do it was they used to do it, like, pre-selected before the season. Like, I don't think it was based on your record of that year. I think it was straight up, like, they do it in, like, a round-robin thing. I may be making that completely up, but, I like, it was regional, too. Like, that's how yeah. – that's how uh, that's how – I think y'all got Larry Bird was it was a regional draft. Yeah, they won the second pick, it says. So they must have won it it's somehow. Weird. But it was so weird. Like I was like, how did like how did Larry Bird is in the middle of winning three straight MVPs, being on arguably the greatest team ever? I have him probably third greatest team ever. But that's also partially because of my hate. And you get the second pick in a draft. Like, come on. This was this was this when people were like the frozen envelope wasn't true. Come on, people. Look what the NBA was doing. The NBA was giving the second pick to the greatest franchise in NBA history. Like, uh, y'all need this. No, they don't. Didn't need Limbaz. Didn't need Limbaz at all, but we'll take them. Yeah, it was a uh, I appreciated it. Um or I would have appreciated it, I'm sure. Uh as would all my fellow Celtics fans had things panned out. Um yeah, I was I was trying to be nice by saying three or four just out of the smallest bit of respect for the bulls and no, but yeah. So that's the other thing you, you, you know, I think when I think of Len bias, how much would that have extended Larry Bird's career? Oh, Larry Bird would have been playing until mid nineties. Cause Larry yeah. Bird only played what? 11 years. Uh, yeah, just about because he was done in like 92, 92. Yeah. He got done in 92. So, yeah, 78 to 92, he played 14 years. And he has a long list of accolades as a player on Wikipedia. All right, we ain't going to go through all that. I'm not. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's for episode 33. <laughs> Larry, oh, yes. Larry Bird, I think, or we'll go with his Olympic number. Larry Bird would have probably played 18 years and still averaged 20 points a game just as a spot-up shooter. Because he wouldn't have had to dribble because his back was all messed up. He wouldn't have had to do anything. He would have just been like, yo, Larry – we need you to, you know, just literally rebound, assist when you need to, and just go to whatever corner you want to be in, and we're going to get you the ball. 
Yeah, because Len Bias is just going to run circles around people, and then Larry's open. Exactly. And I, and I think that one of the reasons why Larry retired was because he had to carry the team by himself because his whole team got old on him. But if he had Len Bias there, that's a one-two punch, even with broken down Larry. Broken down Larry Bird is still giving you 20, period. Easy. Done. Like, it's not with even – the left. <laughs> he giving you 15 with the left. Because <laughs> he can't get to the rim no more. He's all jump shots. Yeah. It, that would have been interesting because at that time, there really weren't any – the defined role of a spot-up shooter that was also a leading scorer, I feel like didn't fully exist yet. No, it didn't, but I don't think he would have been the leading scorer. I think he would have got you 20 right. and went by. No, I'm just saying like 20. a guy of that caliber had never been spot-up. Mm, yeah, like there was yeah. no Clay Thompson of just this guy's job is to barely dribble, just shoot the rock. Like that that was not a position that had yet been developed. Larry think, really could have been under, a trailblazer with that. I think that's underselling Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson can dribble. He just chooses not to. He just like, doesn't have to. Yeah. yeah no, there are legitimate fair. people who just can't dribble. Like <laughs> like Kevin Martin. You ever see Kevin Martin trying to dribble? Ooh, that's an interesting one. He he did not make my list. <laughs> Well, score, watch like, Kevin Martin do anything. He somehow made it work, but he did not have an like no. a nice uh, aesthetic motion at all. If I had a child and they were like, I want to play basketball, and, they, and I caught them watching Kevin Martin highlights on YouTube, I would smack their phone away. Like, what you doing? I thought you said you want to play <laughs> basketball. This is not how you play. That's Kevin Martin. That's different. You're up, though. I got Lim Bias. We got Brandon okay. Roy and Bias. I'm going to go with... A name that you've actually already brought up, but n- as a comparison, not as being on this list. I'm going to go with Agent Zero. Mm. Okay. I think he could have done so much more if not for some of the disciplinary stuff that he got himself into. Um, you know, we, when you look at his peak was longer than the guys that we've mentioned so far. Uh, I, Chris apart, Weber, from Weber, apart from Chris, Weber, yeah. apart from Weber. So, really, I'm only saying he had a better peak. Ooh, no, honestly, Brandon, Brandon Roy had a longer peak, even though he never actually reached his peak. Gilbert Arenas only had three years. Brandon Roy had four. So, he had a couple more than I was remembering. So, if we, if we want to extend it from the first time he scored 18 a game to the last time he scored 22 a game per season. We're looking at look, – Look at that last season, though, when he scored 22. He only played a handful of games, I think, right? Correct. 32. And – Two years before that, he played 13. Okay, so I lied. He had 03 to 07. Four years. Same thing as Brandon Roy. So yeah. Th- yeah, five years total. So 0203 through 0607. So five okay. total years, 24 and a half a game, uh, almost six assists, four and a half boards as a one. And it's not, you know, like he was firing <laughs> 18 mm-hmm. field goal attempts a game which honestly feels low in remembrance. But, you know, 42% field goal percentage, 36 from three. Again, almost 40 minutes a game. And he was an all-star, all-NBA. Didn't Uh, make the Olympic team, though. Got cut for Kirk Heinrich, and he's still mad about it. He's mad about a lot of things. I'm going to push back on the Gilbert Arenas one just because this is why. I think everybody we mentioned so far – except for Chris Webber, who isn't on the list yet, they didn't make what they should have done because of one thing. Gilbert Arenas had a whole circle of things that literally was preventing him from being what he could have been. And I think that the what if is, is, is a lot 
harder to justify when he's self-sabotaging himself and he got hurt. Like, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, if it's like his knee just blew out like it did, cool. But then the gun situation. Right, that, like, that, that was part of the argument I was trying to make is what could he have done if he just kept his nose a little bit straight? Not and, to bring up nose issues when we just discuss <laughs> lens bias. That that was not intended. I do apologize. Listen, R.I.P. to Lynn. Get that cocaina. But what I what I am gonna say about that is Gilbert Arenas never won anything. Like he never even made it past the first round, I don't think. I believe he beat LeBron in LeBron's first playoffs. I could be incorrect. But I know they, they faced up in the playoffs. Uh let's see here. I lied. He lost to LeBron in his first playoffs. And that was with Karan and, and Jameson. Yeah, like to me, to me, Brandon Roy played winning basketball. We believe Lynn Bias would have played winning basketball. Chris Weber played winning basketball, who's not on the list yet. Gilbert Arenas, to me, would have been a lot of empty stats. I think Gilbert Arenas was dead nice. Don't get me wrong. He's the first player of our generation that was throwing it up from 30. Like it was like literally like it was a layup. Like that's dope. That was real cool, but when he also shout out to Hibachi with all one of the all time great call outs every single time he launched a long yeah. ball. Like he he's a he's a cultural icon, but I do think that with Gilbert Arenas, he would have had a lot of empty stats. I think he would have had a he would have been one of those guys. Even when he was with Golden State, they didn't win anything. Like that's why he wasn't there. Like it was like cool. Like this is exciting, but I, I do want to give him a slight bit of clearance for that playoff series. He, let's see if they, they break it down nicer than game by game. No. But he dropped 26, 30, 34, 34, 44, 36. I can give him a little of. And his plus minus wasn't all that bad. So I, I, I don't know how close the games were. It actually, wow, this is actually kind of wild. If I'm reading this correctly, they lost – three of the four games by one point. And also, this is actually a, a credit to him in that series. Let me read you through his minutes played. They lose by 11 in game one. He plays 38 minutes. All, all of the remaining games clearly went to overtime because game two, he played 40, uh, almost 47 minutes, played 46 in game three, played 48 on the nose, uh, in game four, which, yep, he so he played every second of game four. Game five and six, 52 and a half minutes in game five and 53 minutes in game six. Beast. I got to give respect for that. Oh, yeah, but no, I, 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 can, I can accept the pushback on that one. Super beast. Like, Gilbert Arenas is dead nice. Dead nice. But he reminds me of one of those rappers who who rap really fast but don't say anything. Logic. Logic says things. Don't do that. No, I'm I'm using your words from years ago. This no, this was this was your criticism of logic. I, yes. I, I no, that was not that was my criticism of Kendrick Lamar. That was not my criticism what? of What? It was my criticism of Kendrick Lamar because when Kendrick Lamar raps fast, he doesn't say anything. When he raps slow, he actually has a message. Okay, like, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm mixing them up. I, I I thought that was off no. uh no, that wasn't me. That was Jonah Lucas who got mad at Logic. Don't put me in the same boat as Jonah Lucas. <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> I've been rocking with Logic since he had fake gold chains on. That was not me. I think that most of the rappers who rap fast, 
don't say anything. They just they just rhyme words together, which is that's talent and it's cool. But that's empty stats. Those are empty calories. Like it's no nutrition there. I think that's what Gilbert Arena's stats were. Like I don't know if he ever won a playoff series. Like has can you find that he won a playoff series? Let's see. And maybe he has. I just don't remember it. Because a lot of those Wizards teams were terrible. Looks like they beat the Bulls in 05. Okay. And that's it. Come on. Like, we talked about Iverson dragging a team that had me and you on it to the finals. We talked yeah. about LeBron in 07 dragging. A lot, lot of big numbers. A lot of big numbers. And some very small numbers as well. Just didn't play winning basketball. And I'm not saying winning basketball is the be-all, end-all, because, you know, I love Iverson. I love a lot of these guys who put up big numbers that didn't win a lot. However, he really only played in the playoffs a, a couple times when he was actually Gilbert Arenas. And that's I know. That's why, and he's playing he, in the I, I would argue he played two years in the playoffs. And he, and, and, and that's, and he played in the East where, we, where everybody was saying that the East was the weakest – conference for what a decade still i actually don't think it's the weakest conference anymore but, yeah, but i feel like people still say it oh yeah well fuck them but <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong but like i'm going all right let's put a gilbert arenas on ice okay we're going to come back to who you got next this one you might not be as familiar with but he is one of the greatest scoring big men of all time when he was himself. And I know that might, it's a big caveat, but it is true. And if you look at the numbers when he was healthy, and it was a very short time of him being healthy, he was arguably one of the top five forward slash four centers in his day, Antonio McDice. Okay. And Antonio McDice, he won a championship with the Pistons when he was coming off the bench and he wasn't Antonio McDice anymore. That showed you how good he was, where he could still play somewhat significant minutes for a championship team. But look at his numbers with the with Denver. the um with the Denver Nuggets. And this man was a problem. Twenty and ten over three years. Over the three peak years, that is. And but yeah, he even had a couple years before that. Both with Denver and then one as a weird in between year with uh, the Suns, uh, where he was still fifteen and eight. Yeah, and what was it? What was his height and weight? Uh, he listed six nine two twenty. Come on, so now. small big man. Come on, not really because he was playing small forward, power forward, and he would play uh, small ball center with the like the Suns and all of that. Yeah, he would. They didn't even. They just said center and power forward on here. So it's like he. Wasn't even getting that credit. But, yeah, again, second overall pick, 95 with the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I, I really remember him more so with the, uh, with the Pistons. Pistons. Yeah, just the uh, Antonio Miggity Miggity McDice as the intro, or any time he scored, terrible. used to infuriate me whenever we played the Pistons so and that happened. It was so terrible. But – I, I think that's an interesting one. He's not one I had given much thought to. Because um, you see, you can see it, though, too, because uh, immediately had issues after those three peak years. Oh, my gosh. His, his knees the bit knee off. fell apart. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, his knees were terrible. Like it's and I, and I'm and the reason why like I'm picking like I pick Chris Webber, I pick Lim Bias, I'm picking Antonio Dice. I'm not only picking people who are like super duper popular, but I'm also picking people who were making significant impacts on the teams that they were on mm-hmm. and still had success later on, except for Lim Bias. Like still had success later on. Like like McDice was still good enough to be the seventh or eighth man on the championship team. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, that's wild when you don't have a knee. Like, I don't have knees. Maurice Cotman does not have good knees. Everybody knows this. Who knows me? If you don't know me, my knee is currently in my sock right now. But I respect it, you know. And he he was a dude, too, who could transform his game. You know, like, he he was a super athlete. And then when he blew his knee out, he became a pretty good mid-range shooter, rebounder, slash big man defender. I like that one. I... I feel like in comparison to who we've brought up already, I feel like Weber should be on there ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like we put him on that on ice category, that maybe category. Ooh, and don't worry, I got back. a lot of my head floating. I got a lot okay. of my head floating. We're going we gonna to keep doing this. And I know you're going to say my guy before I get to my guy. I don't know if he's coming up now. But, you know, you're He might up. be. I'm going to go I'm going to go 90s here. Uh, yeah, you're gonna say my guy. Let's I am. Go. Let's go. Uh, from Memphis. Come on now, you know you know the vibrations, Mister yeah. One Cent. We're going Penny Hardaway. He's in. He's in. Done. In. In. Penny would have been a top five, maybe top three point guard of all time if he never got hurt. I yeah. firmly believe that. Like it's not even. I love Penny. I'm super biased to Penny, but nobody gonna look me in my face and tell me that any point guard in the '90s was better than Penny Hardaway when Penny Hardaway was healthy. Because here's the other thing. We, we talk about Antonio McDice and what he could do as a big man. Penny was 6'7". That is a problem at the time when the point guards in the league looked like Steve Kerr. There was only, Magic was the only big point guard during that time. And Magic one. was gone. Yeah, because he had HIV. But that was the only one. Like, Magic yeah, I thought, about it. I thought about if Magic deserved to be on this list. But I, I feel like he no. got enough years out of it. Magic got drafted in what, 79? <laughs> like 78? Yeah, yeah I was going to say Larry Bird for the same reason, sort of, just to be yeah. a, an asshole and say if he hadn't been uh, shoveling dirt and snow and everything. But yeah, Personal choice. But I think, listen, Penny Hardaway, I mean, this is your pick, so I'm going to let you roll. But Penny Hardaway, there's no po- – and I, I am in a firm belief, firm belief, that the second best point guard in the 90s – and I'm not saying Penny Hardaway is the best point guard in the 90s because he got hurt – Second best point guard of the 90s is Gary Payton. I am firmly in that camp. However, healthy, I don't think there was no point guard in the 90s who was better than Penny Hardaway. And I think the 90s specifically, specifically the 90s, is the greatest generation of point guards in our lifetime before the 2010s. I think, think that's about fair. everybody who got drafted. Think about everybody who got drafted. Steve Francis, technically Allen Iverson drafted as a point guard. Nash. Like Nash, Kid. you got Marbury. You got like there's Yeah. Marbury Magic, was another guy I gave some thought to. And Magic played until ninety two, so he was technically in the nineties too. Like it was come on, man. And he made it to the finals in ninety one. So Magic Magic wasn't even washed. He just got yeah. HIV. Like it wasn't even like Magic sucked. It was like, damn, Magic's still getting us twelve assists a game and probably eighteen points. Oh, you got sick, you can't play. Yeah, I think Penny was the first name I thought of it was, it was him and Brandon Roy were him, Brandon Roy, and Lambias. Those were the first three that I was like, yep, they're in. Um, 
So I'm, I'm, I knew you would agree. You know, you say this is my pick. I feel like this one's a little bit more of our pick. <laughs> Listen, Penny Hardaway is one of my 10 favorite players of all time, probably top five players of all time. He will never get the credit he deserves for being as great as he was. He also was on the second version of the Dream Team and balled out. Like, it's, it's just so much about Penny Hardaway. Cultural icon, fashion icon, commercial icon. Like, he and, – and, and part of me, I think one of the reasons why – I didn't embrace Shaquille O'Neal until he got fat is because I felt like he's one of the reasons why Penny Hardaway got hurt. Like it's, it's still, it made and it annoyed me because it was like, I mean, I mean the magic ownership should have offered Shaq as much money as he wanted. But if he didn't leave, I don't think Penny Hardaway would have been playing like 38 minutes and stuff like that. Like it was like, dog, you're six, seven and you're running up and down the court dunking and all that kind of stuff. Like, what are you doing? Like, and I think that he, it was just too much and he rushed back after his injury. I yep. think that's something people forget. Like he literally rushed back because he had to win. He had he's the only player on the team who could really make things happen. So he he put his career at jeopardy and it's sad. And and he he played a very long time. What did Penny play? Sixteen years. Uh, Penny played in entirety. Fifteen, sixteen. Uh, so he played ninety three to ninety four through oh seven oh eight. If you want to count it. He missed one of those years being retired and really didn't play after 0405. You know, that, that was the last time he played like 30 games. Yeah, he didn't play a lot because he got hurt. He was with the Knicks. So, what was that, 14? I would say even like 12. No, 12, 12 like actual years? Or we counting? Count, I'm talking about it counts if you checked in. I mean, like, because it, it goes okay. to his injury case. Uh, so, yeah, it would be 14 years. 14? My math is correct. I don't know why. Thir- 13, I apologize. Because, yeah, 06, 07, he was technically retired, so he didn't play. Okay, yeah. And and I think that, man, like, Penny played 13 years in the NBA. Even when he got hurt, he still put up pretty good stats with the Suns. I mm-hmm. mean, he was still a serviceable player. He was Sean Livingston before Sean Livingston after the injury. Like, he, yeah. he, he never got his just due. He never got his championship. He never got what he should have gotten, especially when Jordan retired. That that should have been Penny's league, and he got hurt, you know. So like, I'm just I'm, thinking I'm, about what could have been had he been healthy, like a year after, or a year or two after his last years in Orlando. I honestly think that that, that duo would have been. I mean, he probably they would have never ended up with T Mac. I'm sure if he was still. No, they probably would have ended up with the level. You think you think they would have gotten gotten rid that T-Mac, that T-Mac duo would have been number, Yeah, T Mac didn't go like number one. Like it was he was still like because he came out of high school. He was the second guard ever to come out of high school outside of Kobe. So I think that people I think I think when they drafted T Mac, I mean they didn't draft it. I mean when the Toronto Raptors drafted T Mac, T Mac wasn't sought after the way the Toronto Raptors sought after him. I think that they were the team that were like, we're gonna get him. So he wasn't even drafted by the Magic. He left in free agency actually. So I think they still. Oh, that's true. It. I forgot. Right, because I'm. I was thinking of the Steve Francis trade, but that was on the other side. Yeah, that was on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So, that was with the Rockets. You're right. Yeah, and that duo would have been stupid. Oh no, I got something better than you because my pick is coming in too. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Grand Hill. In. Dude, imagine. Imagine. Wait, this would have been the first big four since the Celtics. Because remember, Tim Duncan was a free agent. He was going to sign with the Magic, yep. and then Doc Rivers told him he couldn't bring his wife, his future wife, on the plane. He's like, "Fuck that! I'm going back Classic to San Dumb. Um, Penny would have still been there if he was healthy. Get you get uh, what's it called? T Mac in free agency. 
and you and Grant Hill came in free agency. People forget that. They all came in free agency except for Penny Hardaway. Like, they were building something there. So imagine you got Penny, Grant Hill, Tim Duncan, and Tracy McGrady. Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway would average 20 assists each. Doc would have been way closer to his first ring. Oh, my gosh. Doc- and, and, and you look at, like, the – the role players on, on those potential teams. Pat Garrity, Horace Miles Grant, Zerbiak, uh, Mort Martian Gortat. Like it would have been like Patrick Ewing was on that team, which oh, yeah, I, I know. Forgot Patrick Ewing. Yeah, I, yeah. I know we have thoughts, but even you look at like the young guys, Mike Miller, I'm sure he could still shoot. Mike D Brown. Miller. Like you had a bunch of dudes that had just been Darryl there. Armstrong, done Armstrong was a beast. Yeah, Darryl Armstrong. Armstrong was a beast. That, that, and, and didn't Avery Johnson play for them at one point? Uh, potentially. Let's take a look. Maybe I made it. But up. yeah, no. I mean, I think Grant is definitely uh, in there. No, I'm a UNC Avery, Avery Johnson was over there. Huh? All right, and I'm a UNC fan, and I think Grant Hill, talent-wise, is one of the easily one of the 20 greatest players I've ever watched live in my life. Like Grant Hill, they were saying that Grant Hill was better than Jordan when Jordan was in his prime. That people were saying that openly. Like, it wasn't even like a secret. Like, Grant Hill was getting you 24 points a game and getting you triple doubles whenever he wanted to get triple doubles. And people were openly saying, yeah, he's better than Jordan. He affects the game more than Jordan. Jordan's a great scorer, and he's a great defender, and that's it. And Grant Hill was a great defender, a good enough scorer, get you, like, 24 a game, but he could also get you 10 rebounds and 10 assists whenever he wanted to. And the sad part about Grant Hill is that he did everything right. Like, yeah. Grant Hill didn't party off the court like everybody else did. Grant Hill apparently ate well. He always kept his body right. And he got an infection. Like, he literally got an yeah. infection from an ankle surgery. Like, that's – like, what What do you – like, you can't do nothing about that. Like, it just is what it is. At that point, like, he got an infection, destroyed his, his athletic ability, and then still play – all right, maybe – I think I'm right with this one. 18 years in NBA. Let's see – uh, well, not not counting the year he, or counting the year he did not play due to the, like the full year he missed due to the ankle, eighteen years. Okay, I, I was right there, right there, and it's it's wild, man. Like he his career was ruined. What five years in something like that? Uh, about. Let's see, because he was he was co rookie. Yeah, year about six. About six. About six. Um, so like six so years. Six years was his time in Detroit. Yeah. Um, and then he went to Orlando, only played those four games, then 14, 29, then missed the entire year. Suddenly he's 32 years old. Yeah, dude. It, that's crazy the way you say that. But, like, that's crazy. No, I'm just saying me. in terms of the way you're – you know, yeah. he missed what you would argue is your athletic oh, peak from, like, yeah. 27 to 32 yeah. you know, that most people would argue. So he missed that entire span of time. And still played 12 more years. Like, and, that's and, like, he played – Minutes like he was still yeah. 30 minutes a game for most of he, that time. Dude, he still played 30 minutes a game, was still getting you like 12, 14, 15 points, was and playing like, 70 to 80 games a year. Yeah, he was healthy after that point, and he just didn't have his athleticism anymore. And that's sad because he played, think about this, Ivan. He played six years of full potential basketball, still not in his prime yet, and then he played another 12 years as an old man and played 12 years as an old man. Like that's, that's, that's never been done before. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at his, a couple of his years. Let's look at his three years and his first three years in Phoenix. We're looking at 35, 36, 37. 
12, five rebounds, two and a half assists, 50% from the field, 30 minutes a game. Beast. That Beast. is a very good player. Dude, that, that player today would get $80 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like Spencer Dinwiddie money. Dude, and he was considered <laughs> washed at that point. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and those were still like the contender sons. Yeah, like, like a, it's not like he was just dude. eating garbage time minutes. Dude, like, we're still talking Shaq, Nash, Amare, uh, Marion was still there. Like they were still stacked, and the he was Suns, playing valuable minutes. Or I'm not gonna let you get Shaq off on that one. But the Suns yeah, were that, that literally. Was hey, you tried? I you try. I saw it. I, I, I was th- I was thinking Steve, <laughs> and somehow it went to Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we gonna get Shaq off in this. So one. I, I just tried to rattle him off and get past it. Yeah, no, but, but I do think that. One of the things that used to hurt my heart about the NBA in the early 2000s was that I saw all of the players who I really genuinely love or really like, because I can never say I love Grant Hill because he played for Duke, play for the okay, Suns. Got love for him. It's all good. The Suns never won anything. Like Penny played for the Suns, never won anything. Marbury played for the Suns, never won anything. Um, Grant played for the Barbosa. Suns, never won anything. Barbosa, he, played, he had to go to the Warriors to win. Steve Nash never won anything. Amari Stoudemire was my man. Never won anything. I used to like it. I'm literally wearing a Suns pullover now. I've dude. somehow had all my favorite players play for the Suns. If I really want to stretch it, even more than the Shaq uh, mention. Dude, I used to bang with Travis Outlaw. That's how much I banged with that Suns. They, they drafted Rondo. So it's like, yeah. even if I want to stretch that, I'll go there. That one I don't call up as often. But, yeah, Steve Nash is my favorite player ever. Shout out to Lang. Racking up four-point plays, by the way, so far this season. I, I also know didn't know that, that Steve Nash was your favorite player ever. That's wild. For real? I never knew that, I don't think. I don't know how you didn't know that. I feel like that's I don't think I ever I've, knew that. I've ever kept particularly quiet either. Dude, I don't think I ever knew Steve Nash was your favorite. I knew you loved Steve Nash. I didn't know he was your favorite player Oh, ever. yeah, he was my guy. Okay. That's, that's what we're going to have to visit. We're going to have to visit our favorite players ever in every sport at some point, and we're just going to have to talk about them why. But that's okay. a different podcast. Okay. Okay, so, um, so right now we got definite ends. Brandon Roy, Lynn Bias, Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill. That's four. We only got one slot left. And on the on the on the, on the bench, up, on the bench the right bench. now, we, we got, got Chris Webber, C Webb, Agent Zero, and, and Miggity McDice. Miggity, 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 Miggity McDice. I'm gonna throw one out here. I I don't think you'll. It's definitely not an automatic, and I know that I got, going. I got in. one in my back pocket that you're not gonna see coming. But continue. I don't. I don't know that you'll see this one coming. Apart from my bias, I'm going with Antoine Walker. No, not a chance. No? no, I don't think people realize how good he was, and his was more of the arena style of. See, but I don't own, think his own wrongdoings. But see, I, I think, think he could have been way better had he not been getting see, into but, all kinds of trouble. See, but that that's different, though. Antoine Walker never showed us at any point in his athletic career that he could be better than he actually was. Like, not in college. You know what I mean? No. Like, I never saw Antoine Walker. I thought Antoine Walker was highly unprofessional with his body. But oh, he's still, sure. he was like James Tony. Antoine Walker was the James Tony of the NBA. Where it was like, whatever weight I'm at, I'm going to fight. But. Like, it was like, cool, I guess, but you should probably just run more. Like, nah, nah, I'm heavyweight now. It's like, well, you shouldn't do that, Tony, <laughs> James Tony. But he's like, I'm too skilled to not. That's what Antoine Walker was. He was like, I don't care what I weigh. I don't care what I look like. I'm going to go out there and play. I'm still getting you buckets. I'm still going to get you. He actually was an underrated rebounder, too. People don't yep. realize Antoine Oh, Walker, I mean, you know, over, the, like, the best 
six or so years of his career, he was getting you nine a game, four assists, twenty one points. Beast, like Antoine, monster. And this, but this is with what Paul I was Pierce saying, on the team Walker. too. I believe that Antoine I wish Walker. Those, I still can't believe those teams weren't better with those, those two guys putting up the numbers awful. they were. Dude, those teams were awful. I think that I also think that Antoine Walker was one of those dudes who needed to live in chaos for his game to be what it was. Like you remember when they used to say Iris used to go to sleep at nine PM and then have ten points? It was like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Go back go back to Fridays. I, like, I have oh. I have another name on my list that I think falls into that chaos list too. Dude, I got I got a name I'm about to throw out. This is gonna be my last one I was gonna mention, but I'm throwing it out next. But we're okay. gonna keep talking about Antoine Walker real quick. I think Antoine Walker was one of those dudes. I mean, he got his chip, right? With the heat. He well, did he get a trip with the seat. The other thing that I feel like doesn't get remembered about him, he was putting up these numbers and just not missing a game. Oh, yeah. Anton Walker used to play 72 to 75 games a year. Okay. So, in that 96 to 02 range. He also came out in 96, right? Yeah. He came out in 96. He was, he was in the 96 draft. Greatest draft ever. Greatest draft ever. So, okay. So, we're going to skip only eight or 98, 99 because that's the uh, – shortened season right so he played every game that season too so i digress 96 82 games played no we shouldn't skip it okay yeah Yeah, okay okay let let me i'll just say it how many games he missed zero games missed his rookie year zero games missed his second year zero games missed his third year zero games missed his fourth year and he started eating a laughable one game missed the next Boom. Another one the next. Heartburn. And then he missed three the following – or, sorry, four the following year. Early said diabetes. And then back to not missing a single game mm, down early. in Dallas. Nice, nice, nice. Like, he didn't miss more than five games in a year until the last year of his career. I, and I say, what, 72, 75 games a year? He actually was better than that. And – and yeah. that, but that's why I also can't. Seventy-seven was his career low, not counting shortened season, until his last year where he played forty-six. But that was because he was coming off the bench. That wasn't even like because yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a little different. And he was but still think, playing twenty minutes a game. Yeah, I think. See, that's why I can't. I didn't realize I that he was done at, at thirty-one. I I feel like I thought he got a couple garbage. Time years. No, he tried to come back that. multiple times, but he was. But he was up in with Maine for a little while. Yeah, game. he was. He was tragically overweight, so he could never come back. All right, so I'm gonna. I, you know what? You convinced me more about Twan. So I'm gonna say put him on ice, but he moves above Antonio McDice for me. Okay. Do we do we want to? As we're coming into these last few picks, do we want to order the bench? Do we, I, I mean? Do we want to just say Antonio McDice is out then? If there's someone above him. Not really, because if we go a bench, then we got multiple slots. Okay, so okay, okay. So, yeah, so we'll yeah, keep yeah. him on the bench. Okay. Yeah, he's on the bench. I, I didn't know like, if we were only sticking it to like a six man or something. We can, we possibly can, but I was going to say. But if we're going to do this for every sport, we need a bench. We need a bench. I think, I think, I think every championship NBA team has an eight man rotation minimal. So let's go eight man rotation. Okay. All right, so my, all right. So this is my next what if. You're going to hate the fact you didn't think of it. You're going to hate the fact that I'm saying it. You're going to also vote this person out, but I'm about to make a spectacular case for everybody listening. I'm already upset just by the way that you've prefaced this. Go ahead. Shooting guard for one of the smallest markets in NBA history. One of the greatest prospects after the fact, because not that many people believed in this guy going in. 
ended up having one of the greatest careers ever, but not for the franchise who drafted him. Charlotte Hornets, Kobe Bean Bryant. It's like the tough sell. This is this is why this is not. I, I don't, but I don't hate it because it's very creative in thought. This is this is why it's a what if though. Imagine if Kobe had his own team from the very beginning. Just imagine that from the very very beginning, and he could take as many shots as he want, which he did, even with Shaq, even without Shaq, he could grow into himself because. And this is and this is one of the reasons why. I want to make this what if. I don't think the Lakers made Kobe great. I think Kobe was driven to be great no matter what team he played for. So I don't think it matters where he was drafted or where he ended up. I think it's all in his own head. Like Kobe, to me, was one of those dudes who was always in his own head. No matter how much he had or he didn't have, he always wanted more. So to me, Kobe would have been possibly a better player early on in his career because it took him three years to actually fill out his body and be a player that could be literally depended on. Because even though this hurts my heart, because, you know, I love Eddie Jones, when they put him in over Eddie Jones, he didn't deserve to be in over Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones was an all-star. Eddie Jones was giving you, like, 17 a game. Like, Eddie Jones was a beast. But they were like, we see the potential in this kid. And all of those air balls, all of that kind of stuff, it made him better. But imagine if he was in Charlotte. And I'm not sure in 96 if they had Grandmama at that point. But if they had Larry Johnson and Kobe Bryant, I'm not saying he would have won nearly as many championships, but I think his name would be higher on the pantheon of greatest players ever because you couldn't discredit him for playing with Shaq. He might not have five championships, but I believe Kobe is going to drag those Hornets to finals just the way LeBron drug the Cavs to finals. He might end up leaving the Hornets to win a championship because he wanted to leave the Lakers. But I'll also think that Kobe Kobe Bean Bryant by himself on a team would have allowed him to literally do whatever he wanted to do, whatever he needed to do, but end up learning how to be the best version of himself, which we saw in like 06, 07, 08, and partially in 09. I think 09 was like the end of Kobe being his best. He was still in, in his prime, but I think 06, 07, 08, 09, he was probably unstoppable on both ends of the court. And I think Kobe would have developed into that faster if he didn't have to always split it with Shaq. Not better teams, not more team success. Personally, for that franchise, and that franchise would have ended up not being moved. That franchise would have stayed exactly probably where it's at. Imagine if Michael Jordan still owned the Hornets when Kobe was came into it. That's a great storyline in and of itself. So I'm going to go the one of the greatest what-ifs is if Charlotte would have never traded Kobe Bryant to the Lakers. It's an interesting one. These teams, I'm, I'm looking at the roster now, those old Hornets teams. Uh, Grandmama was gone. He had just left. Okay. They still had a couple dudes. They had Muggsy. They had Vernon Maxwell. They had Anthony Mason. They had Vladi Divac. These would have been some tough teams. They had Glenn Rice. Tough. T- Ooh, big dog. BJ Armstrong. Those have been some tough-minded teams, man. These teams would have gotten in a lot of fights. Vernon Maxwell has two championships by then. Yeah, he he was just coming off two. Mm-hmm. I think Kobe would have He had Del Curry there. I think Kobe would have liked that, the fact that his teams are like the New York Knicks. I They'd think he would have enjoyed that. Yeah. They would have been dogs. Because you see what happened when he lost his dogs with the Lakers. His team sucked. 
<laughs> he loves talking about Smush Parker. Or loved. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what's a sad word when Smush Parker is softer than Sasa Vujovic. Yeah, Sasa Vujovic got after it. Yes. Vladimir Rodmanovic. Rod. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I, I don't think it can be top this five. Is what if, this is the what if list, though. This is not this is this is the what if, like the greatest what ifs of players. And that's why that's what I'm judging of. Not that Kobe wasn't. I think Kobe would have been Kobe no matter where he was at. But I think it would have meant more for Kobe to be Kobe with the Hornets than it would have been with the Lakers. It's an interesting one. I, f- I feel like it opens up an interesting can of worms because then it, I'm already racking my brain for a lot of different what ifs in that circumstance. You gotta expand your mind. Like e- even on the very small scale of like, what if Rondo stays with the Suns and gets to develop under Steve Nash and on those teams, they probably win a championship. I don't disagree. That's why you got to expand your mind, my it's man. Interesting one. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of it was careers cut short, but the what-ifs are interesting. Um, this is the top five what-ifs, right? This is what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we, we had said careers that never was. So that, that's, where I'm, that's where my brain was going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I guess I feel like my brain went more towards, you know, just they never reached what they could be. But it's an interesting one. Um, I'll throw a name out there. Which one do I want to go for? Um, I feel like he needs to be discussed. Tracy McGrady. Oh, yeah, you got to discuss T-Mac. I thought about Tracy. I wasn't sure when I was going to say him, but we got to talk about T-Mac. We got to talk about T-Mac. Yeah, we knew he would come up and because we've had these conversations before. Um, I feel like it's a good segue from – Kobe, mm-hmm. given that Kobe said it was the toughest player he ever had to guard, mm-hmm. and the reasoning behind that was because he could do everything Kobe could do, and he <laughs> was bigger. <laughs> he was the size of Antonio McDice mm-hmm. with the skill of – like, I don't know who to compare him to. Like, he could just do everything. Uh, from an offensive perspective, he did everything. To me, Tracy McGrady was a mixture of two players, but bigger than those two players. And this is me coming off the top of my head. This is not something I thought about beforehand. But he was like J.R. Ryder and Ray Allen had a baby. And it was straight up like, I'm going to either dunk over you or I'm going to shoot over you. And either way, you're going to be mad because it's going to embarrass you. Yeah, so I I like your comparison. The other name I would put in there, um, and this is something I always really – appreciated about T-Mac is I would even say he has some Dirk because he had unreal body control. You could never get a hand on his shot. See, I, I remember studying that he used, he would go off and kick out different legs. Like he had it down to a sweet science that you could never get close enough to really contest him. See, see to me, I get where you're going with that, but I would completely disagree because Dirk's fundamentals were so much different than T-Mac's. The reason why T-Mac, you couldn't get a hand on it because he shot so high and he jumped so high, which is completely opposite of Dirk. I think that's more of a Kevin Garnett thing. Where like Kevin Garnett's ball, I've never seen Kevin Garnett get his jump shot blocked in my entire life. He's seven foot and he shot it at seven six. And I think that that's where T-Mac got it from. T-Mac used to, T-Mac has to be top 10 all time highest jump shots. Where it comes from, like the peak of the ball, and how he was high going you jump into a full forty vert, 
on Dude, every yeah. shot at six eight. Yeah, he he would jump out of the gym and then shoot it at the highest peak ever. So like I I get what you're saying with the Dirk one, but I think that Dirk's Dirk's footwork was so magical that T Mac didn't yeah. have because he was so athletic. Like the only person in the modern NBA who played at the same time as Dirk who had possibly not even guaranteed, but possibly better footwork. And I'm not talking about Hakeem because Hakeem is different. Like he came in earlier. It's Kobe. Kobe's footwork was impeccable. And people don't realize it, but they look at it more when he blew his Achilles. But his footwork was amazing. He, he, had, he had the soccer type of footwork. And he trained with Hakeem. He was like, I'm going to – isn't it crazy that he trained with Hakeem, Dwight Howard didn't? Never mind. But <laughs> – uh, next on the list, Dwight Howard, if he ever learned how to, like, hit an eight-foot shot. All right, so T-Mac. I think – why do you think T-Mac never actually won anything? Like, if you look at T-Mac's career, he never won any any awards, any trophies. Like, not, like, like when I say nothing, like, nothing. Not even an all-star game MVP. Got that one most improved. Um, I think – the the first thing that comes to mind is he had at times a lack of continuity. Um, like it feels like him and Yao should have done way more than they did. But I wonder how much of that was Yao himself was just always had foot issues. I mean, T Mac was also very yeah, and T Mac was banged up all the time. Like he like I feel like he was always a little bit hurt, and he was just good enough to get by. He was a lot of hurt, dude. Like he he actually had like his knee was real bad. He had constant uh back spasms. His eye yep. you don't notice T Mac has bad eyes. Like his eyesight went bad. Like that's like that's some different world stuff where you're like, yo, I can't really see right now. Like that's a little bit different. Like he, Yeah, like it but like I feel like that kind of you know, like circling back, there was it was never like the one thing. It was just there was always something new that was a reason. Like it was never something where he could just be like Okay, I have the back issues. I just have to play a little bit differently now to to not let those flare up. He had a bad calf too. That's why he wore that. Yeah, it's like just everything broke at different times. So it was never like I can just rehab this and get better. It was always the one next thing. So this is my question though about T Mac. Did T Mac actually fulfill his full potential? Because he got everything out of his body, even though he was always hurt. Like he was still giving you 30, 25, 20 points a game until he got like just old. So did he actually like I look I look at T Mac not in the same vein because I think this player is greater than T Mac, but I look at him in the same vein as Iverson, where if everything changed, does that actually change how well he played? It's an interesting one. I'm also curious, he's another one where I'm like, man, what if they just didn't trade him for Steve Francis? See, I but I I don't think you could think like that because what if Toronto resigned him. Yeah. No, I, I'm just thinking even of the what ifs of like though, just thinking though, about him and Dwight though, in, in their primes. Even Jameer though, Nelson leading the charge. But they, but they wouldn't have got Dwight because he was number one pick. T Mac ain't winning, ain't losing that many games to get you the number one pick. He was with but, the Magic the year that they got that pick. He was hurt that year, wasn't he? He played 67 games. Wait, in so 03 04. They wait, drafted Howard 04. He played 67 games and they got the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. See, T Mac, T Mac. And that was 24 year old Tracy McGrady. Listen, T Mac. And they won 21 games. Listen, that's, that's, 
see, but this is this is the type of stuff I that blame I blame Doc about. Rivers. This is, but this is the type of stuff I talk about. How can we possibly have certain players? And I, I, me and my friends, other friends, they don't even let me talk about Tracy McGrady and certain players because they know how much I love them. How is it that we have such an affinity for Tracy McGrady when he never did anything besides score the basketball? Because like he was like like like. But to me, I, I yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, like peep this. Nobody ever said Tracy McGrady was a tough defender. Nobody. Nobody ever said Tracy McGrady was a player who's going to change the game. Nobody. Tracy McGrady literally has one award in his entire basketball life outside of high school. I mean, he jumped college, but he never was an Olympic gold champion, gold medalist. He never won anything in the NBA besides most improved. Not, like not this, the best dunker in his own family. But this is – I know, Antoine Jameson. But, like, it's crazy – how, I was going Vince, but I was I giving you some love to your guy. Of course, but. of course. But, you know, Antoine Jameson is also their cousin. Yeah, that's not fair. They, <laughs> they, they should have gotten to just be for free a big three somewhere. Dude, that's the greatest family cookouts ever. Like, yo, all right, I got Twine, Vince, and Matt. Who want to play some third? Nobody wants to play y'all. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> three <laughs> like, on like, 30, maybe we'll talk. I'm going to punch you. You can't play with sneakers. How about that? Right? <laughs> but, like, but, that's, but that's why I wonder – it was Tracy just what Tracy was going to be because obviously the injuries slowed him down and it cut his prime probably a little short, but he still played a lot of games and still didn't produce much. He played a lot. He was like Gilbert Arenas. He got a lot of great numbers, but what did it equate to? And I think for me, this is probably not a great comparison, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, And somewhat of a spoiler for who may come up in a, subsequent week when we talk about baseball there was a a griffey-esque thing with t-mac where it was just an aesthetically pleasing thing to watch Mm. like whenever i watch t-mac it's so smooth and he had a couple of those moments like 13 and 33 like Mm -hmm. you say that to someone who knows they have watched it many times yeah you know he had those moments of where you were like this guy is the best on the planet at what he does. Um, but it's an, in- it's an interesting theory that there could have been no more greatness out of him than what he squeezed out. The other option, I'm curious, if we look even back to 97 at that draft, if he ends up somewhere else. Does anything change? Like the Sixers who should have fucking drafted him? Yes. Uh, that would be one. <laughs> we were supposed to trade for T-Mac in 1999, and then they blew the deal over the last minute. And we drafted Larry fucking Hughes because Larry Brown promised him he was going to draft him. No, that wasn't that year. I know. That, that, that was, was before. No, that was the year Pierce. after. That, that, that was, was year after? Yeah, it was the year after with Pierce. Uh, what hurts me the most is – Tracy McGrady was drafted nine. Wait, we drafted overall. Sean Bradley over, Sean, over uh, Keith Van Horn. Fuck, man! No, 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 no. Do you want it to get worse? The Celtics had two picks in the top six. No, that's not worse, man. That's not worse because we drafted a white guy who wore knee-high socks over Tracy McGrady when Allen Iverson clearly was not playing with a white guy. With one of our one of our picks deserved to be picked. Chauncey Billups. We ruined his career until we dealt him. And then we drafted with the six overall pick, Ron Mercer. Wait, 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 wait. I got to get my draft. I mean, I'm, I'm groggy right now. So Sean Bradley was the Chris Webber 
and the Penny Hardaway um, draft because Chris Webber went one, Sean Bradley went two, Penny Hardaway went three. I will never be over that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> don't sleep on uh, Allen Houston at 11, too. I'm sleeping on Allen Houston. He was going to be on my list, but I decided not to put him on there. And then the 97 draft was the uh, – don't tell me. 97 draft was the Kevin Garnett number one pick, right? No, he was 95 at five overall, I believe. Kevin Garnett was 95. 97 was – you said 98 was Dirt and Paul. Uh, That's correct. Okay, so 97 – Man, there was a lot of whiffs at the start of that draft. Oh, that draft was garbage. Ola Candy, Bibby, my guy, Rafe LaFrance. I think it was Rafe. And then, yeah, you go down to nine, Dirk, Paul Pierce, back-to-back. That's tough. But, that, yeah, that was a very weak draft altogether. But, yeah, go, go ahead back to 97. And we drafted Larry Hughes. Um, and I like Larry Hughes. got Larry your promises. Hughes, no, you don't. Not in professional sports. <laughs> not to Larry Hughes. Oh, my gosh, man. And then we traded Larry Hughes two years later. Like, it wasn't again, even like – Once again, left. not the best player in his own family now that we have Tatum in the league. He is 100% the best player in his own family, but that's a different conversation. So, 97 draft. That was Tracy? Uh, 97 was Tracy. 97 was Tracy, and 98 was Vince, right? Yeah. All right. So, 97, let me try to get I, – I, I know our Sixers draft because we are the worst drafting NBA, fran- NBA franchise out of all the old NBA franchises, not like the newer ones because we know what the Hornets are doing. But – so, 97. That was Stackhouse. Uh no I I mean I already said who yours was but no this dude coming out of Utah it was white dude yeah we just went over it yeah Keith Van Horn but like wasn't Stackhouse in that draft though right because we traded for Stackhouse we didn't draft him uh because we got rid of Stackhouse in '99 and then he averaged 25 points a game in 2000 cool I I thought he was '96 no he wasn't in '96 because Iverson was already there. He was 95. He was 95. Oh, he's 95. Okay, yeah. So, like, it was crazy because we traded Stackhouse, I believe, in 99, 2000, and then he averaged, like, 25 points for the Pistons. And I'm like, we could have used that 25 points in 01 when we went to the finals, but okay. Yeah, I am I just will never understand what happened to the players drafted by the Celtics in, like, the late 90s where, like, you could make a very logical argument that they could have had Chauncey Billups, Joe Johnson, uh, Joe Johnson, I believe, Bruce Bowen, Paul Pierce, and Antoine Walker on the same team. Did didn't y'all trade Bruce Bowen to us before he ever played a game for y'all? Because I remember Maybe. he played for the Sixers and he didn't play like he didn't really play play, but he was with the Sixers in the late nineties, I believe. Uh, no, he was never. Well, no, I lied. Yeah, we traded him to you guys after two years. After two years, okay. Yeah, so he played ninety seven. And then – or so, yeah, we didn't draft him, I don't think. So, Miami drafted him, played one game. He then made his way over to us, played 97, didn't do much. He didn't do much with the Sixers either. Didn't do much in the lockout shortened year. And then, yeah. Isn't he the last guard? So, is he considered a guard or a small forward? Small forward he's listed at. But okay. he was, I, I mean, I oh, wow, he's bigger than I thought. He's 6'7". Yeah, he's 6'7". I was going to say he's the last guard to win defensive player of the year, but that's Gary Payton. He also never won. But he feels like a robbery. I thought he won one year. He He was eight-time all-defense, but he never won defense player of the year. Okay. Guards never win it, which is 
Gary Payton, Gary Payton and, and Michael Jordan are the last two guards to win. It's ridiculous. Tony Allen really, probably should have one. Nah, Tony Allen. Not over Bruce Bowen. No, no, I'm just saying. But, yeah, Bruce Bowen's a forward, I guess, is they're calling it. But Yeah. But he guarded the best player, which in our generation was usually a two. True, but they also still got their points. I think that's, like, part of the thing, too. Like, he made it hard, but he didn't stop. Too. He stopped – I think he stopped forwards better than he stopped guards. He made guards' life harder, though. Yeah, he was, he was a headache at all times. Yeah. All right, so you ready for my pick? Okay, yeah. All right. <clears throat> this one I think you're going to like. You might not vote for him, but I got to throw him in there because this is the what-if list. And this could have been what if I was a little bit taller. He was already a baller. The Celtics should have signed him with the bins and the spoilers. Isaiah Thomas, part two. What if Man. that hellacious year he had never happened? What if he didn't destroy his hip and play through it and destroy his career? What if his sister didn't die? What if, like, to me, he is such a what if because I was an Isaiah Thomas fan as soon as he got drafted with the Kings, and he bought everywhere he went before the Celtics and then became an all-star with the Celtics. MVP. And he was MVP candidate. He was top three yeah. or five. He was a beast. Like, he was balling in, in Sacramento, but Sacramento, Sacramento. He balled in Phoenix, but then they, they have four-point guards in Phoenix for whatever reason. And then he goes to the Celtics, and he becomes an MVP candidate, and then he thinks he's doing the right thing by playing through a, a very bad injury for somebody that small. And then his sister dies out of nowhere. And it just be in his – In the court, middle of the playoffs. Dude, and I don't, I'm not even sure – and this, this is probably going to be ill-fitting of me, and I might not like what it sounds like in 20 years if I'm still around. But I think the only reason he's still in the league is because of pity. I think people okay. feel bad for Isaiah Thomas, so they just keep signing him. I mean, I'd still take him to come off the bench, see what he still got. Have you seen Isaiah Thomas in the last three years? I've watched Isaiah Thomas in the last three I don't years. think he's been healthy literally since he left the Celtics. That's my point about but he's, why they – I feel – I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just the way they've reported on him lately. Like, these trainers who have been seeing him play lately, it's like he's got a part left of what he had. You can't be 5'6". I know they list him as 5'9". Can't be 5'6". And be slightly athletic. I mean, that stretch – I. What's the stretch? That, that two years – the two full years in Boston. Wait, wait. What's the stretch? What, tell me what the stretch is. No, no. I'm just saying that stretch that he had in Boston. Oh. yeah. Oh, it was, it was miraculous. Dude, I, no, no, no. Go, go earlier. That stretch he had with Phoenix to get him to Boston – he was balling with it. That's why I had to get rid of him. It's like, we can't have you here. because I mean, he playing. only played 46 games in Phoenix. Uh, but look at his stats with Phoenix. Yeah, 15 points. Off, but he was coming off the bench and getting him 15 easy. And they were only playing him. And they, yeah, they, they, they had Dragic and Bledsoe still. Dude, they, they have four point guards on that roster. And he was the fourth one because they didn't want, they didn't want him to be good. And he still was getting 15. Yeah, who, who else was the third round? Taking a look. Oh, uh, that's right. That's also when they had both the Morris twins. Shout out to yeah. them. Oh, they had Brandon Knight. Mm-hmm. Man, there's some names on here. Shavlik Randolph. What do you think about him? No comment. Oh, I, I apologize. They had both Dragic brothers. Seth Curry. They, they were big into the brothers over there. Dude, they had five. But yeah, he was. I mean, it was like 
when he hit the fourth quarter in those Celtics years, like he still has all-time numbers in the fourth quarter. Dude, it's sad. It's sad. And he didn't sign that deal because he wanted more money. And, and I mean, nobody's yeah. going to cry for a multimillionaire, but it's sad. Dude, his – if somebody made this into a Netflix series, they wouldn't believe it would be real. Yeah, he should have. He, I do think he's the type of dude that deserves to have a 30 for 30 at some point. Um, because, you know, it's not just, you know, this the sister thing was a major thing. And he dropped 53 on what, what was her birthday. And then he got his teeth knocked out. That was before, I think. I know. Yeah, he got his teeth knocked clean I out. Thought it was, I thought it was during that game. I want to say that was the previous series. Was it the previous series? Because I, it was around the same exact time. For some reason, I'm in my mind. I'm thinking. He got I want to say that was against the Bulls, oh, wow. and the the fifty piece was against um, the Wizards. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because they played the the Bulls first round. So yeah, it was that game. But like the, he, his story is just so crazy altogether. He's the 60th overall pick out of 60. Dude, he is the greatest. He 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 is the greatest steal in NBA history. And I don't care if he was And multiple reason. franchises passed on him before he became what he could be. Dude, and 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 he outperformed the people who they passed on him for while he was on the team with them. Mm-hmm. That's the see, that's the part that people don't even realize. Isaiah Thomas, since the beginning of his NBA career, people did not bet on him being great so they gave the ball to other point guards they gave the time to other point guards and they're like oh i guess you can get some minutes and every time he got minutes from sacramento to phoenix to boston he, he outperformed cooked. everybody in front of him but they he, was, he was like your i mean he was from the school of jamal crawford dude and you know i'm a unc diehard he was balling over ty lawson in sacramento but they was like nah nah we gotta get mm. We gotta get you up out of here. We can't. Th- have th- this was low key a solid draft when I look back at it. At like the, the names Boston. that were on here. It, when you look at eleven, you got Kyrie, Tristan Thompson, Kemba, Clay, Kawhi. Depending on how Sixers fans feel about him, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler was the like. How crazy is that the last pick of the first and second rounds were two of the best players in the draft? When you go to Marquette, that's what happens. When you go to a Jesuit school, that's what they do. He wasn't even the top drafted player out of Marquette, I believe. I want to say – oh, no, I was thinking of Jawan Johnson. He went to Purdue. Uh, There was definitely another Marquette player that the Celtics may have drafted that year. Yeah, even like the Chandler Parsons, like that's a good second-round pick. I hated Chandler Parsons and the pros. I loved him in college at Florida. Oh. It's the greatest draft of all time. 51st overall pick to the Portland Trailblazers out of Ohio State. John Diebler. The GOAT. The GOAT. The GOATY, baby. <laughs> that's a story for drink. another day. <laughs> I, yeah, I still drink out of my cup, but that's a story for another day. Like, I, like, I think I'm a, I'm a – what is his name, man? I think – see, I think the thing about Isaiah Thomas that's so dope is – there is nobody outside of a Disney franchise who would actually believe that this was a true story. That the the tiny dude who is the last pick would be one of the best players in the league. Yeah, out of out of Washington University. Um, didn't he win Sixth Man of the Year? Uh, 
Sorry, I was, I was, I know he was in fast forwarding to my next pick. No. I know he, he's he was not. a few times. He was all rookie. The Which 60, is crazy. He has, the, he has to be the lowest dra- – I mean, he's 60 because it's – I mean, I mean, he used to he be can't five get lower. I mean, it used to be like five rounds. Oh, but yeah. Like, in the I modern, think modern league. Rounds, yeah. He has to be the lowest all-rookie selection ever outside of undrafted players. I mean, what does it say? He played in Boston for two full years, and on his basketball reference page, he still is given credit for his nickname being King in the Fourth. Dude, like you think, don't you don't just get that nickname. So so where are are we going to put Isaiah Thomas on ice or is he in? I, I think everyone's on ice right now, apart from the four that one, we have. Got in. one slot left. Yeah, and I think we need to kind of run through them one more time. Okay, I got them um, all written in our chat. I got them all in our yeah, chat. I, I got one, I got them written down too. So I got one more name. Okay, and then and I got well, I, I went first, right? You did. All right, so this is the last pick. All right. Okay. This one is kind of similar to your Kobe pick. It's a teammate of Kobe's. I know what you're going to say. Do you? Mm-hmm. Lamar Odom. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see what Lamar Odom can do as the guy on a team. You did. The Clippers. And it didn't work out. But I think he could have been – uh, maybe, yeah, maybe he needed, like, someone to start. But, like, watching him run the show with the Lakers, I was so happy when he was out. I love those old Clippers team, even though they only won, like, 26 games a year, with Darius Miles, Corey Maggette, Lamar Odom, Elton Brand. We're going to skip Chris Kamen. I think that <laughs> that's, that's too that swaggy. Was a, that was a great NBA live team, though. That's that's too swaggy of a four for you to throw Chris Kamen in the mix. Like <laughs> everybody I mentioned was wearing do rags and jewelry, and Chris Kamen was balding at the age of seven. But how funny but, would it have been if he was? <laughs> oh, I would have loved it, dude. If he would have, if if he if they would have gave him the Deshaun Jackson, Ryan Fitzpatrick look, where like Ryan Fitzpatrick and balls with Deshaun Jackson gives him his sweatsuit and jewelry, I would have loved it if Lamar Odom or Darius Miles did that. Spe- hey, speaking of Ryan Fitzpatrick, very quickly, I'm trying to speak it into existence. The Patriots should sign Ryan Fitzpatrick for next year. Don't do that. Quentin Richardson also was on that team. Like, that team was so fun to watch. They won 26 games a year probably on average for like four years. But You Lamar, were going to watch them. They were a league pass team for sure. But there was no like, league pass back then. No, I'm but. saying like if, if <laughs> league pass was around at that time, that's the type of team that is a league pass team. 100%, but I don't know if they would have beat out those Golden State Warriors teams. That Jason had Richardson. Jason Richardson and, and Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. Who also didn't win anything, but they were fun. But <laughs> I would say this. Lamar Odom, to me, I'm going to push back on Lamar Odom. I'm going to put him on the list, 100%. But the reason – I love that we have IT and LO as the last two picks. The reason why Lamar Odom, to me, gets pushed back is because – he had free reign in with the Clippers, didn't do anything, got to the Lakers eventually, did amazing. Like he was, he was, I think, I think he was their second best player. I know people gonna say Pablo so, but I think he was their second best player. Goes to the Mavericks, it all falls apart for him because he doesn't want to be there, and then ends up being a crack addict. Crazy shit. But look at his career though. He played a lot of years for other teams and didn't do anything. Not didn't do anything. He didn't do what he did with the Lakers. And it's yeah, easy. I, I wish he had developed like. But it's easy when you're the fourth option, though. I think that's what we got to forget. With the Lakers, he was literally the fourth option. They had Andrew Bynum. They had Paul Gasol. They had Kobe Bryant. And then they had Lamar Odom. Not in that order, of course. But Yeah, I mean, like that dude was their point guard, and he was putting up 
15 and 10 rebounds. But and like he was still running. He's six ten, six eleven. He should get ten rebounds. Yeah. We talking about we talk about Chris Webber, Antonio McDice, who were and Antoine Walker, who were getting ten rebounds, and they are not even nearly as long and tall as as Lamar Odom. That's not impressive. That's true. I I I've I've always wondered with him just like how much because I feel like there's stuff that pops up with him that like all the stuff that happened in Dallas was it's sad, happening. Dude. It's sad. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I think the thing about Lamar Odom is. Lamar Odom, not as great, not as great. I want to make that a caveat because you know how people act now. Not as great. But he had the Randy Moss factor. He plays when he want to play. And when he plays, he plays. Until he's too fat and out of shape and too old and too drugged up and he can't do it anymore. And that, to me, that's a, that's a great what if. I get it on that. But he had every opportunity with the Clippers. Didn't do Like, I get it. It's the Clippers. I'm not saying win a championship. But win more than, like, 26 games. Like, those teams are awful. Like, it's crazy how bad those teams were. And they had so much talent. By the way, that was an electric, like, first few picks of that draft. Just, like, the the type of guys that were around that were picked just were so much fun to watch. Like, you look at this draft, you got the franchise, B. B Diddy. Ooh, my man. Lamar. That's two through four, by the way. Elton Brand, number one. Yeah, but, and, yeah. Elm, and Elm Brown was the old Chevy. Elm Brown could cook, too, yeah. Yeah, well, and said, then you you drop down a little bit. You got Rip, The Matrix, mm. Jet Terry, mm. Getty. Mm. You got Ron Artest. Mm. Defensive player of the year. We're, we're only 16 people in. Like, those are names. Dude, I told hey, you. Also, yeah, you just keep going with nicknames. You got AK-47. Mm. Fuck him, though. He didn't want to play for the, for the Sixers, and he retired. Who would? Oh, and, and just this bum at the end of the second round, Mono Ginobili. He never amounted to anything. No. But yeah, so I think that like I'm going to put LO on ice because okay. like if you're the fourth option, that's not that hard. And he had weapons, so like he, he never had to do the AI and get by with double. That's yeah. why he was the fourth option. <laughs> like, like, the Clippers were not winning games, and at any point, Lamar Odom could have been like, you know, this is my team. We're going to win games. Never happened. Okay. So, let's see. So, who we have on ice? Do right, you, well, have ice one, have, you have one more that you really feel needs to be said? It depends. Do you have one more? Because I went first. So, like, if I say one, then you have to say one. I'll say I, ha- I, have I, got one. One, I got one more quick one, but I really have not that much full defense of it. But All right. I have one that I don't have a lot of defense for, but I do have – I have one. I really hope it's the same person just ran. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be the same. I know it's not going to be the same person because what I'm thinking is different than what you're thinking. I'm thinking of a player who's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, my, we're, we're already not on the same page. Yeah, exactly. My what if is Carmelo Anthony. If the Pistons drafted Carmelo Anthony instead of drafting Darko Milicic, and even if he had to come off the bench, he would have gave you easily 15 points off the bench. He probably would have gave you 20 off the bench, but he would have easily gave you 15 points off the bench. He would have been in a more structured system where he wouldn't have been able to be a diva. And he actually probably at this point in time, because LeBron has four championships, I wouldn't be surprised if he was contending for the same amount of championships as LeBron James. Like, I really wouldn't. Like, I don't like Larry Brown. I have my personal reasons for I don't like Larry Brown. But you telling me dark, that, that that man playing on that team they don't win more than one championship. I don't believe that. 
I don't believe it. And Carmelo Anthony would have had to be in shape to play with Rashid Wallace, Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Antonio McDice, Tayshaun Prince, Darvin Ham. I know that sounds funny, but like you got to be in shape to play with these guys. And I think that Melo was able to just be a kid who didn't care about anything, probably smoke up a bunch of weed, get into a bunch of trouble. This, think about this, man. He played when he was a kid with J.R. Smith. We know J.R. Smith is J.R. Smith. Like, if he played in a more structured environment, I think Carmelo Anthony's career will be go, will go down as quite possibly top three, top five small forward of all time based upon what he did at Syracuse. And I think that's all about where he got drafted. I really do. It's an interesting one. And he's still going to Hall of Fame and is still a top 50 player in my book. Yeah, nah, no, no disagreements here. So the the first name I was thinking of, I'm I'm actually gonna pivot here, but I'm gonna give him a shout out anyway. So I, I should preface this by knowing how old he was when he actually made his debut, which is important. Thirty-seven. No, okay. So he made his debut still in his mid twenties, but really didn't play quality minutes until he's twenty-seven. Skip to my Lou. Ooh, Rayford. I would like. I just would have liked to see like. But I, I don't remember the early part of his career because I was like I six years old. I do. <laughs> but it was not good. It's like, did they give him free reign to be yeah. skip? Oh, and he just yeah. didn't it didn't work out. He actually in one game he actually did the skip to my loon. He's like, that's a travel, and he's like, uh, all right, he's bad. like, oh, maybe this league isn't for me, dude. <laughs> Ivan, look it up. It is the funny. It is one of the funniest things in NBA history. Like he literally does the skip to my loon in the game, and he's like, yeah, what are you doing? That's a travel. I feel like, like uh, I must have seen this, dude. It's so funny because he looks like, yeah, you're right. Like <laughs> he looked like he was gonna like get it off and he was gonna let it rot. Okay, but where I'm gonna go. For my final picks, there's a couple names skirting around, just like. If oh, so Steph- you want to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I I'm, have multiple names too, but you just throwing names out here now. Uh, I'm, because I'm, I'm not actually gonna. Okay. Go with Skip. Oh well, I already put him in the chat. All right, cool. Yes. Well, he he. I was just giving him a little love. I'm gonna go with. I have no idea why this was the name that popped in my head. Because he was a, a star. I just feel like maybe some changes in scenery along the way could have made things a little more interesting or lack Baker. of change of scenery. Huh? Vin Baker. Uh, Tony Batie. Um, Sam Cassell. Stefan Marbury. Latrell Sprewell. Ooh, Steph. Mm. Put up big numbers. But he, like, he felt like he was always getting shipped around different places. One of the best documentaries of the year. Yep. Kid from Coney Island. Amazing. But he but, forced he like, forced himself into different situations. Right, though. he did. So so there is, you know, and, and there's definitely been a theme that a lot of mine are things that they did to themselves, to their situations. But all I'm thinking is what if he stays with KG? Or what if he stays in New Jersey? And is the the what Jason Kidd turned into be to a degree. I mean, he could also not hate Vaseline and stay with the Knicks and been with part of Mello. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it felt like he just missed every big break that he could have had. But I I think that – all right, so for me to justify this pick, I need to know 
this is an NBA list, right? Or is this a basketball list? So that was the other thing that popped up. Mm-hmm. Because he might be the greatest basketball player ever in the history of international sports. never been a more worshipped individual as it pertains to international basketball with museums and plays in his name. And the crazy thing is, the second person is Yao Ming, probably. Yeah, he's more famous in his own in Yao's country for sure. Not that's even crazy. Close. Like, uh, like legitimately. Well, like, that's the crazy thing is like he didn't really play at all in his thirties in the NBA. No, he left at thirty one, didn't he? Yeah, he played from the day in which he turned thirty. He played forty seven total games over two years. Yeah, so he played thirty one, thirty two. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, he played thirty thirty one, and then thirty two on. He's been in China. Like, like also, just a huge shout out for the culture, which he doesn't get enough credit for with Starberries. You see, I put it in the chat, $15, baby. Yeah. He wanted to be for the people. I remember one thing that was like the biggest amount of money too. And I was like, I got to save up my allowance money for those. Yeah. Oh, you got allowance. That's cool. But Starberries. I didn't. I was saying I need to try and lobby for an allowance so I can get Starberries. Hey, stop trying to, stop trying to negotiate your way into this poverty over here. All right. I'm not not. (laughs) very privileged having my whole life. No, I accept it. I, I, I absolutely love that pick. I think for Starberry, watching a kid from Coney Island made me realize just how hard it is outside of basketball for anybody from the inner city to actually make it. Like I, I knew it because I saw I saw it first. I'm from North. Like we had a lot of legends in Philadelphia. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I haven't Shout been a part AO. of it. Shout out to Aaron Owens. You know what I'm saying? Played for Grass High School, went undefeated for two straight years with Rasheed Wallace and Aaron McKee. And Something like it's something like, you know, something like it's considered the third but greatest high school team in the history of high school basketball in all of the country. But, you know, who's, who's counting? I am. I think the thing about the thing about Stefan Marbury that gets me is that through it all, like he's he's to me, he's in the same lane as Iverson. He's in the same lane as as um, T-Mac. He's in the same lane as these guys where it's like, did he actually get it all? Like, did he actually, like, live up to all? Because he put up gaudy numbers. He was an Olympian. He's made an all-star team. Like, he did, and everything was against against this guy. Like, it was like, he wore number 33 in New Jersey. When the last time you seen a point guard wear a number higher than 25? I mean, Probably Sebastian Telfair. His cousin. Jamal Murray (laughs) (laughs) runs in the family. Jamal Murray wore 27. I get it. But it's just like the thing about, like, that's a great, I I love this pick. I'm just not sure if it's higher than some of the other ones we have on the bubble. Like, I'm not sure it's higher than, I think it's higher than Lamar Odom. Okay. Yeah. No, I I would agree. I I mean, he basically is Jesus Shuttlesworth, too. No, Ray Allen is Jesus Shuttlesworth. But I'm saying, like, Stefan Murray lived Jesus. You know they, you know they based that off of his life, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like he is Jesus Shuttlesworth. After run to the bathroom, check the chat, see where we are. When I come back, I want to hear who are the top two people who might make this last five. Okay, I think Starberry okay. might actually be maybe in that top two, but Gilbert Arenas is there, Chris Webber is there, Antonio McDice got pushed back, Tuan is there, Kobe with the horn is still lobbying for that. Mellow, I think Mellow and Starberry are like literally neck and neck for whatever position we give them. Because, like, to me, they have very similar careers. They forced their way 
out of good situations into worse situations and then got mad because the situation was bad. Yep, I would agree. But yeah, you, you run and we will be back in just a moment to discuss. We're back from our break. Thanks to the sponsor, Rockefeller Records at all times. First thing that popped to mind. Um, <laughs> okay. I have... Mm, I think I have my two. Okay. My last two that are right on the fringe that make the team. I am going on polar opposite sides of my bias. I'm going with IT. Okay. And Bean. Ooh! <laughs> I like it. I've been convinced that, you know, we said this is a what-if list. Mm-hmm. We This is not a injuries cut short or, you know, careers cut short by injuries list. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant and Charlotte, especially with that team. I, I, I think if, if I hadn't looked at the team, I would shoot it down. I would say absolutely not, not that interesting to me. When I look at that team – they would have had a malice at the palace before the Pistons and Pacers did. So someone like someone was getting their ass beat every game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was going to so, be bounty gate. And I would have loved to see him be the top dog on that team. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just thinking of like I, that era of basketball. Someone takes a cheap shot at Kobe, Anthony Mason's breathing down your neck. <laughs> oh, that's something you don't want. RIP. That's something you don't RIP. want. RIP. I think, so, I think you know what's crazy too. Kobe might actually want a defensive player of the year playing for that team. That's the that's the Pacers yeah. for the Pacers. Yeah, and he could have been the Ron Artest. Like he could have been like defensive player of year and MVP. Yeah, dude, that year Ron Artest almost won. He did win defensive player of the year. He probably should have won MVP that year too. Like he was balling. Yeah. So, if I had to choose, and, and you can agree or disagree, okay. Kobe makes it into the top five. Okay. But because it feels perfect that Isaiah Thomas has to be the sixth man. I like where your head's at. It just, it just feels poetic. That it let's, tell the people, that let's tell the people before Kobe makes it in. Because I'm, I'm voting for Kobe because, of course, I'm voting for Kobe on that one. Like, it was my pick. I thought about it. I thought it would be a good twist. And I think that with that team, that era, I think that is really interesting what if. So we got Brandon Roy. Mm-hmm. Lem Bias, Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, automatics. Those are all automatics. There was no pushing on any of them. They all were like, yup, this is in. And now we are at Kobe being Bryant with the Charlotte Hornets being the fifth person. So that makes Brandon Roy, Lem Bias, Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, and Kobe Hornets Bryant. That's a one. That team is winning at least three championships. I don't know if you, it's going to have to happen in the first five years, but <laughs> <laughs> the amount of injury. Now, 35 fights. Oh, 100%. Per year. And, and we're going to 33 and, and we're going to 33 and, and two with those 35 fights. We're going to win most of those. Who are they losing to? The Pacers, the maybe? Probably the Knicks. <laughs> late, the late 90s Knicks? The late 90s Knicks was the issue, man. Sprewell choked his coach. Don't forget that. Anthony Mason, again, they, they, they had just wait, lost wait, 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 wait. Remember, Childress played for those Knicks, and he gave Kobe a two-piece and a biscuit. 
<laughs> don't forget that. R.I.P. to Kobe, but that that footage ain't never going nowhere. Like Childress played for those Knicks, and he gave he gave, he's like, what you fair. say? Boop, boop. Oh, Cole, no. <laughs> it's fair. And then the sixth man, Isaiah Thomas, which I'm also agreeing with. Okay, so right. it, it, do, do we want to curate the bench, or do we just want to leave it? So right now on the bench, we got C. Web, Agent Zero. Tuan, McDice, T-Mac, Lamar, Mello, and Starberry in no particular order after and Isaiah skip. Thomas. And Skip. And Skip. And Skip. Damn, that's nine players on the bench. That's a great bitch. Uh, I think we should go deep eight. I think we, I think every championship team has an eight-man rotation. I think, okay. I think so who do you want to cut out? I think we can cut out – honestly, I think we can cut out Lamar, man. Like, I don't think Lamar – Okay. Making it over any I'm of the players. I'm fine with that. I think we can cut out Antonio. Okay. That was going to be my first one. I think Weber has to make it. He needed to win. Like, he just needed to win. Like, him and T-Mac, I think, are similar, except T-Mac put up bigger numbers. And that's why I think Weber has to make it. Because the what if to me, like, because I think T-Mac probably squeezed as much out of himself as he could. Should we take T-Mac off? No, come on now. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm saying. Just I'm, picking, I'm picking. I'm I'm just I'm just ranking them. Okay. We still got two spots. We got two spots because because we going eight and we got ITS six. So I think Chris Webber and T Mac are real close. I think Gilbert Arenas to me, he's the same way. Where I'm like, I think he squeezed a lot out of himself. I'm not sure how much he would have been there. Ah, I think we can get rid of Twan. Okay. I I, I can be okay with that. <sighs> I like I I think we get rid of Skip. I think we get rid of Rafer. Yeah, I, I that, that's kind of why I'd left him off. I just, I feel like he's we, <laughs> getting left off. I was All just right, so we got four players for two spots. We got Mello. We, we got, got five currently. We got five for two spots. We got C Web, uh huh, Gilbert, uh huh, T Mac, Mello, Marbury. That's a five. That's a cold. There's five. There's, there's not much to separate them. That's a cold five. That five might actually see our five in the championship. <laughs> that, that five is putting up 120 points a game, at least. By halftime. Yeah, that's if they're only playing 30 minutes each. All right, so since this is an NBA list and not a basketball list, I think we have to take Starbury off. Take him off, or that means he needs to stay in because he wasn't in the NBA as long as he could have been. But a lot, but a couple of these players wasn't in the NBA as long as they could have been, or they stayed on too long because they weren't right in the mindset. Like I think Penny is one of the few who stayed on long and played well with Grant Hill. Those are the two that was like, you still play well even after the fact. Where I don't think Starberry would have been playing well in the NBA because his head was just too messed up. I mean, he wasn't doing much with the Celtics, so I, I can see that he was eating Vaseline on live. Hey man, you gotta do. He was the first do. NBA player to ever go live. What was that thing called? Live stream, like Periscope, or no? It was before Periscope. I think it was called literally just live stream. And he just he googled was, live stream and was like, "Yeah, fuck it." And he was just go- eating Vaseline. Like that's crazy to me. All right, so we got Chris. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll, we'll, t- we'll take Starberry off just oh, for wait, that wait, fact. Wait, no, no, no. All right, this is one was that. Okay, who do you believe should have had a better? Not necessarily longer, 
a better NBA career. Starberry, Agent Zero. Um, and to me, they're very close. I agree. I think I, know, I got I got my answer. More, hmm. it's a tough one, because my my gut says more team success should be Gilbert. He had better single teams, but then at the same time, we just went through. Steph just missed like what could have been dynamic duos for years because really? of his own toxicity and wanting to get out. Are Are you saying that you believe Gilbert Arenas? could have had better team success or should should have should, had. should isn't that an indictment on him though i think so but that that's like but my other thought is the indictment of stefan marbury of being like i need to get out of this minnesota timberwolf situation when he had kevin garnett blooming yeah he said he wanted to, he literally said i want my own team and that's equally indicting to me so wait, wait, you think it's equally indicting to get traded to a worse situation and still become an all-star than to be in what arguably is a better situation and not make it past the first round almost all the time? I think there's an indictment for multiple times being in a good situation and not seeing it. I would argue he was only in a good situation once because he kept forcing his way out. I, you, could, you could make the argument with the Nets. The Nets wasn't good. It was that he had Todd McCullough as a starting center back then. But I'm saying, you know, you could have seen signs at that point, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember the exact roster, but they were what a year or two prior to going to the finals. A year, I think. I think he came in 2000, 2001, and he went in the finals in 0304. So he got to New Jersey. So he left New Jersey 2001. So let's take a look at that year. Okay, yeah, they were bad. Yeah, that was a bad team. Todd McCullough was the next, starting center. The next year, they finished first. Yeah, the next year, they balled out. Because they got Kenya Martin in the draft. I think they took him number two. No, he had Kenya Martin. He had Kenya Martin. He had Kenya Martin? Mm-hmm. He just didn't have Richard Jefferson. And it was the same roster? Uh, well, I take that back. He didn't have Brian Scalabrini. Jason oh, yeah, Kidd and Brian Scalabrini next year. Yeah, come on, man. A Ray Rocket. But that's that's the really only huge. Uh, I think maybe Kittles was new the following year, too. So they, they made some moves. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. But I, I would say Gilbert is more indicting with that knowledge that Gilbert never, basically never made the playoffs. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. So we can I'm, take Starberry I'm, off if we want. I was going to say take Gilbert off. Oh, okay. So we're saying that's Gilbert. Some, because Gilbert balled out and his teams didn't do anything. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. He was still so I took that the other way. Yeah. Okay. So we'll take Gilbert off. I feel like you're going to fight for C Webb, and I have no issues for it. But I feel like he also kind of has that Gilbert thing. It's like, you should have won more. I'm not going to fight for him because I agree with you. Like, I, I agree he should have won more. I think that, I think the fact that Chris Webber is almost never mentioned. And the greatest players of his era is crazy to me. Like, if you think about it, there were only four great power forwards from, like, 90, whenever he got drafted until he retired in that span. Like, great. Not Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is different. Hall of Fame is everything. But I mean, great. And he was 
arguably one of the four. And he never gets talked about. That shows you how little he produced when it comes to what it meant. The way I look at it now, so remaining for two spots, we have Weber, Starberry, T-Mac, and Mello. When I look at those four, I think Mello and T-Mac have to be on the list of what ifs. Or, sorry, one of them I, has to be. Mello probably has to be. I, I, I think they – I think – so we got what? We got Mello, Starberry, T-Mac, and – C-Web. C-Web? I think C-Web and Mello make the list, man. Over T-Mac, you think? I'm you, sorry. I think Mellow and T-Mac. Mellow and yeah. T-Mac make the list. Okay. I, I'm in agreement with that. Even though T-Mac has the same argument as everybody else we said who got cut because he literally balled out and his teams didn't know. The fact they got the number one pick with Dwight Howard when he played 67 games, I didn't even realize that. I thought he wasn't even there. Yeah. So, okay. So, we'll run through this, the top eight, uh, starting five in no particular order. Brandon Roy. Len Bias, Anthony Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, Kobe Bean Bryant, and then coming off the bench, the sixth man, Isaiah Thomas, Tracy McGrady, and Carmelo Anthony. That team's going to win 13 championships, playing no defense. Well, uh, Len Bias needs to stay sober and we'll see what happens no he doesn't no Lim- he just needs to stay alive sorry exactly we can wheel <laughs> limb bias can be like slashing all of the uh <laughs> the guns and roses picks where he's literally knocked out but they're standing him up like yeah. but you're still here like he could take a charge being knocked out yeah i mean that is a team small but a team that team ain't small uh... that team is big as hell the only person small in the entire team is isaiah thomas that's true. They're all they're, they're pretty much all six six to six ten. They're all literally yeah. All of them are literally minimum six. I mean, but Len, <laughs> Len, Len Bias is the biggest person there. Nah, Chris Webber six nine. Chris Webber's not on on the list. Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> so Len Bias is the biggest dude at six uh, six ten. Dude, we about to run small ball all day, but we're gonna run circles around every team. I like this, this team. Is- this is the most athletic team constructed in fantasy NBA history. Which probably four. says something. With restraints. Yeah. You have no skill. <laughs> Which probably says something about the whole premise of this discussion of what if is maybe if these super athletes didn't get crazy injuries and other circumstances or good cocaine. things happened. Or cocaine. Well, we all have our vices. Do we now? Uh, mine's just a steel reserve. Nah, that ain't that bad. That's I mean, a little different. Yeah, cocaine, cocaina, like but like copious amounts of cocaine. Like oh, this is when you hang out with Guns and Roses. Just a little different. As like a twenty-year-old, they're all still alive though. Like that's what's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're every they're every, built different. Rock every, stars, every, rock stars in that era built different. Listen, every member of Guns and Roses, every rock star from that era is alive unless they killed themselves, which makes is the upset of the century. All those people should be taken in death pools or would have been at the time. All right, this has been another episode of You're Quite Right. <laughs> we're going to we're going to do our uh our suicide draft, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, we, we 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 can do that next week. <laughs> I got some thoughts. <laughs> All right, next week we'll probably go through the NFL list if I if I had to guess, but we'll see we'll see what we got Jerry for Rice. for if he was good, 
What if Jerry Rice didn't use stick-up? Three receiver. Jerry Rice is a top five receiver, and he ain't one, two, three. You're quite right. I don't think he's four either. But yeah, we are quite right, as per usual. We'll catch everybody next week. Energizer. Yeah, I'm supplying the wood like Elijah In the cut smoking no indica Might fuck around and compartment Elijah Hey, say, lay, say, life is a bitch And if that is the case, then I'm finna surprise her No, I am not an advisor But I do advise you to pay attention Never need to mention I'm that motherfucker busting heads Finna push it to the ledge Yeah, I've been smoking my meds Ain't got no love for the feds Can they fan go to your head? Fuck with me, watch where you tread I'm finna kill it instead I'm finna, I'm finna, I'm finna I will, I will, I will, I can never done it And I wanna run it And I wanna keep it going and going Like infinity be the only entity to ever rip it apart From the start like this, from the heart like this From the murder rate of me, my ass, I'm in a no nitrous Do it right, just I, I've been, I, I, I've been down this road before Everybody think that they do, but they don't Swear to God that they would, but they won't Spitting riddles in the middle of a pastime Me and my mind feeling the vibe like, yeah Finna get it like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah I done made 20 million dollars I don't flex to be acknowledged At this point it's common knowledge All you haters been you in the club throwing dollars, but I'm saving mine so my kids go to college Or maybe whatever they wanna do, just as long as they never say Daddy blew 20 million dollars, he had the flex to be acknowledged He in the club throwing dollars and I cannot afford to send me to college Daddy just wanna be loved, just like everybody wanna be accepted But somehow he had neglected me and my mama for all of this rap shit No, I cannot fuck with that shit, no, I cannot fuck with that Who you know dropped the album back and back and back and back and back and back again I'm back again and snap again and goddamn it, it ain't no the way the brother gets happening Cause I've been living in a world on my own Leave me alone, I'm in the zone Where I've been prone to destroy shit You cannot avoid this Whack motherfuckers have annoyed this Yes, you know I enjoy this Preach, motherfucker, preach Yeah, I'm trying to reach Everybody in the streets Putting words to the beats Each one, teach one Yeah, I'm trying to reach one Who the beast one? Every me on the top to the east one Tell me how you really wanna do it right now Time to murder this Shout out everybody No fucking around and heard of this Heard of us We ain't going nowhere It's a heard of us Hold up, roll up Levitated like I'm David Blaine Living a dream like I'm David Ames Talk all you want, we are not the same Step in the spot that ain't know the name So more albums, my first Sweet, then Harry Styles and Katy Perry. That ain't a sign of the times. Then I don't know what is, man. This shit is scary. Cause bitch, I've been blowing up like C4 when I'm three for three like a free throw. Anybody hating on the boy, take a step back and then deep throw. Now my phone blowing up like ring. Like ring, 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 ring. That Kevin Durant, I'm a champion. Check the numbers, I'm a champion. Can't sleep on the boy anymore. But the haters that love to hate gon' pop an ambient. Star Lord, champion. Know the name and they know the alias, that's for sure. Gave me 44, now here's 44 more